Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, today we have a special treat for you today. Not too long ago, we recorded an episode, episode number 78, that we ended up calling Questioning Our Existence. And that was with Andrew Hoffman, Todd Ginger, and Dane Lee. And it was basically a, a conversation that Dane had wanted to have about questioning everything in our life, really, about religion and where we come from and where we're going and all those. And is there an afterlife and all those kind of things that obviously man has searched for forever and we don't have answers to. And Dane had struggled to have that kind of conversation with some of his friends as most people don't really enjoy having that conversation as the fact that either if you're super religious, you believe one thing. If you're not religious, you believe another thing. If you're somewhere in the middle, you don't know what to believe. So I think it scares a lot of people away because it makes people realize that, hey, we're mortal. We're going to die. We all don't know what's going to happen. And it's it's a scary topic, right? So I told him, hold my beer. I know some people who would really enjoy to have that conversation. So we scheduled that. We got together and we recorded episode 78. And it was excellent. All four of us after recording it said, wow, that was a lot of fun. But more importantly, is it it went on a completely different road than we all thought it was going to go originally. When I was trying to get Todd and Andrew excited to come over and talk about that because I knew how much fun it was going to be because I've had conversations with Dane, but they never met Dane before. So it was it was definitely a lot of fun. And quickly it became a very popular episode for us. And a bunch of people had said they really enjoyed it. At the end of that episode, we started talking a little bit about the energy within us and in our universe and all those kind of things. And, and I wanted to specifically dive into that topic. So that is what this episode is all about. And unfortunately, Andrew was unable to join us today. So you're stuck with just Todd, Dane, and myself. And we wanted to talk about uh, the energy inside of us. Some people might call that the soul or your life force or spirit or your conscience or perhaps even a spiritual being. Uh, I think there's lots of other words for it. But to me, in, in my personal opinion, it's it's the energy that drives this uh, human meat vehicle that we're in. I look at it as a machine and the energy is what gives it power because you can, if you've ever seen someone who was, who has passed away, maybe a loved one, if they were older, you could kind of just see the, the light leave their eyes and you, you kind of knew that they were dead. And, and to me, that's the energy leaving. And the question that I always have is, where does it come from? Where does it go? Like, is it, is it unique to you? Is it recycled throughout the universe? If you look at physics, they always say, that no energy is created, it's just moved around and all that kind of stuff. But I don't understand those kind of things, but luckily, Dane's really smart. <laughs> so we wanted to obviously get together, talk about that, and I was really looking forward to this episode. It was definitely a lot of fun, and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. But without any further ado, please sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. 
Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have back with us some of my favorite peoples, Mr. Todd Ginger. Oh, hello. And Mr. Dane Lee. How you doing? And unfortunately, Andrew was going to join us, but well, he slept in and thought we were recording at a different time, so he didn't make it. So, uh, sucks to be him. Well, we'll have to go on without him. Uh, none, nonetheless, uh, the last time the four of us sat down, with Andrew still being here, uh, we we did a... Um, what was it based on? It wasn't so much like spirituality. is more of just like things about the universe and things that we don't quite understand. It was a conversation that Dane wanted to have because mm-hmm. he's not had the chance to really have it with too many people. And we called it – I think I ended up naming it Contemplating Our Existence. And it was one of the best-received podcasts that we've put mm-hmm. out. And it mm-hmm. was it was very interesting, which, mm-hmm. which is fun because I know, I know Andrew was not excited to be here because – I'm usually the one going against religion, and he's one defending religion. So he's always like, God, I really don't want to do that again. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) It's going to be different. Like, it's just big ideas and big thoughts. And and I know when the four of us left, we were all like, that was really fun. That was really interesting. I know Andrew specifically was like, wow, that's not what I expected it to be. That was a a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoyed that. (laughs) And when I talked to some people who normally listen to the podcast and friends of mine, they're like, that was really cool. That was a lot of fun. And so I definitely wanted to do like something again. But we had said on the end of that podcast, is there something specifically that I wanted to get into? And that was the idea of about energy. And then, I mean, let's, let's just kick this off right now. It's like the idea of it for me is that I look at the spirit as being like the energy inside the person, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like, I believe that's like our life force. That's what keeps mm-hmm. us alive. And then obviously there's the whole idea of like, well... What happens before? Like, where does that come from? When you die, where does it go then? You know, some people believe in the religious aspects. You're going to go to, you know, Shangri-La or Paradise or Heaven or whatever you want to call it. Doesn't matter. Like, all the different religions have kind of different names for it, right? But the idea for me is like, okay, well, if you look at physics, right? Which I obviously don't understand anything about, right? Let's be real honest here. I'm a dumbass, but. It's like there really is no creation of energy. It's just like moving it around. It's 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 always kind of there, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at it like, okay, well, if we can say that the spirit is inside of a person. So when you're born, obviously your spirit jumps into your consciousness or your body and runs it and or does all that kind of stuff. But then where does it come from ahead of time? Then obviously when you die, you can see the light leave someone. You can literally see that if anybody's seen a dead body, you're like, oh, okay, there's there's nothing there now. Like uh, you can kind of see it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where does it go then? I, I don't know. Is it Does it just get recycled back into the universe? Is it one conscious spirit? Is it just energy that transforms into consciousness when it hits the person? I don't know. And th- those are the questions that I wanted to kind of talk about. And Obviously, we've got no real answers. This is just <laughs> our opinions and ideas, but it's just an idea of, okay, like these are conversations that I enjoy having. And most people I know are afraid to talk about these kind of topics, which is why I appreciate the two of you guys, because you're also obviously very open to these kind of topics. And we have some interesting uh, conversations when we see each other in person. Not enough, you know, because we don't see each other as much right. as we need to, but that is that is what it is. It's life, right? We yeah. all get busy. But I don't, I don't know. So what are some of your ideas? ideas of kind of what I'm talking about in a general sense, Todd? Um, well, just first, I, I remember the last conversation we had, and I remember, Dane, um, you were a little apprehensive about coming, and Matt's like, no, it'll be fine, which is 
which is good. And I think it was a good conversation. And, you know, and I understand your apprehension because so few people in the world can talk about these kind of things without getting, you know, offended or, you know, uncomfortable. Or, I think it's fair to say that it scares it most people and sure. it, it makes them feel uncomfortable. So they don't <clears throat> want to have the conversation. Well, a lot of times what happens is you may not like I've, I've known people that are very religious, quote unquote, but then when you question things, they don't know why they're religious. Like they were born with it or whatever. And don't question. But, but I, th- and I think that's pretty common, especially yeah, in religion. It's, this is how I was brought up. This is what I believe. Right. But I don't understand why I believe that. I've never yeah. looked into it. It's just, oh, this is what we've always done, so this is what I'll do. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out. But as far as like, um, I guess the the thing that I don't fully understand and I haven't figured out yet is where does it come from? You know, like. The energy, you mean? Yeah, the energy initially. So like I'm, you know, as I've said before, I, I believe in reincarnation and. The reason why I believe in reincarnation is just what you said. The energy just changes state. So our energy came from something before we came onto this planet and in this vessel. And it's going to transform into something else after we're done with this body. Where it came from, you know, like originally, God knows how long ago. That I don't know. Um, but Obviously, nobody knows. Yeah, of course. So these are just theories and ideas and questions that i like to ask because it's fun to think about yeah of course of course it is and you know i don't know i i feel like that the thing that's interesting for me is like i know um like i've met a lot of people that you know i can sense that like they're either old souls or young souls and what is that I guess the origin of that soul, where did it come from? That's the one thing that I've never really wrapped around my head. But um, but I can sense a difference in a, in a person, whether they've been on and off this planet multiple times, for me. And um, like I feel like I'm an old soul. And um, I've had many flashbacks in, in my life and many deja vu moments where I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. That's weird, but cool. explain explain the uh, deja vu moments if you would. I know I've talked about it. Like I've had those moments in my life, like scattered throughout my yeah. life, and it's funny because they happened a lot when I was a kid, and they kind of went a little bit dormant when I was in my twenties. But then when I got into my thirties, like I've been having them more and more. But what's interesting about my deja vu moments is like they're getting longer and longer. Mm-hmm. I'm having more and more sensations, like touch, feel, taste, smell, thoughts, like yeah. everything. Whereas when I was a kid, it was like a little blip. It was like a boop. There it was. Like, oh, yeah. that's different. That's weird. But now they're like a couple seconds long. They're getting longer. It's interesting. Right. So like, what, what are your deja vu moments? Well, I remember one very specifically that, um, so I, I was born in a town called Newark, Ohio. And in that town, they have uh, one of the uh, burial mounds <clears throat> there. Like, like an Indian burial Yeah, mound. like Indian burial mounds. And I've done some research on those. And um, they're actually a lot older than what, um, than what they're given credit for. A lot of them think is you know the Native Americans that, that created them. I've actually read that it goes way back, way back in time, um, long before that. And um, when I was researching it, I had this like flash of like, you know, just like I kind of stopped and was like, "Holy shit, I've been here before." 
And um, I had a, a vision of me in like a warrior's outfit. And I was like, wow, that's why I was born in this town. Like I've been here before. So like, if I understand correctly, I mean, mm-hmm. um, correct me if I am wrong. Sure. It's like, if I understand your beliefs correctly from our previous discussions, you mm-hmm. almost believe like your spirit chose to come back in the body that it did in mm-hmm. a time that it did in the location that it did because it was familiar to, to kind of put that. <clears throat> There's a reason for it. Yeah. I mean, like to, to kind of put you in an area where you were familiar with the other surroundings, yeah. maybe, or the people that you've already lived yeah. life with. Yeah. That's correct. That's definitely my belief. Um, I feel like we all have, uh, you know, um, soul contracts and, um, a lot of people that come into your life, they come into your life for a reason and it's not by accident. I know that's a big thing that you and I had talked about because mm-hmm. I know you were a big proponent of me for my spiritual growth mm-hmm. in my early 20s when we had met because I was going through a very tough time after divorce and everything else. And and you kind of helped lead me down this path that I've obviously been on for the rest of my life, which has been a lot of fun. But it's like right. it was one of those things that we were like instant friends. There was a, there, there was this connection, but it was deeper than just you know, a normal friendship, like, hey, hi, how right. are you? How are the kids? Whatever. Like, no, it was like this deep spiritual connection that you yeah. and I had. Same thing with like Eddie. Yeah. Like, like the three of us, we just clicked so well. And then like right. in your beliefs, if I understand correctly, it was like our our bodies have probably lived together, our spirits have lived together in previous lives and they were attracted to each other and they were drawn to each other to, to bring together and help grow through this experience. Yeah, like I believe, so for me, like I believe after after um, I'm done in this body, I go to, you know, just call it a, a, a pool of light. <clears throat> and um, then I start preparing for my next life. And I feel what I believe is that during that time period, I set goals of these are the things that I need to learn. These are the things that I didn't learn well. And when I come back to this planet, um, my purpose you know, and I choose the family I choose. I choose the the parents that I'm going to be born to purposefully to learn those goals, whatever those are. And then from that point, it's your, it's your purpose to figure that shit out. And, you know, as I've gotten into my fifties, I'm like, this is, this sucks. <laughs> it's really hard, man. It's freaking hard, but. Yeah, but it's not supposed to be easy. But it's not supposed to be easy. And, you know, like. <clears throat> For me, like, I believe, I do believe in purgatory, but for me, purgatory, in my opinion, is you come to this planet with a purpose and you don't learn it and then you're doomed to repeat it and you're going to do it all over again until you get it right and you come back over and over but isn't that, and that's purgatory. Isn't that the idea of life though? Like the lesson is. is repeated until the lesson is learned. A hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. Like I know... um you know, like my wife right now, she is debating whether she wants to, to change careers. And she, cause she's dealing with, uh, her boss who's, he's an asshole, frankly. And, um, I mean, he can be, but we way. all can be, let's of course, be honest. Of course. But he can be a real arrogant prick to work for. So, and I've, and I've told her like every place you go, you're going to find that person mm-hmm. because she has at every stop, every every job that she's had, she's had that person. That's that's almost always the issue. Is like I remember being at my old office that I got mm-hmm. shit canned from, 
and like people would come in, and it was a tough place to work for, and there was tons of turnover and yeah. everything else. And these people would come in like, oh, we're hoping everything's going to be better. I'm like, no, it's going to be the same. It is. Like you're going to have all the same people. You have all the same problems. Like they just have different names and faces because yeah. it's human nature. Yeah. And like, that's th- what you're fighting and you can't fight it. Right. And I think it's it's put in front of you until you learn how to deal with it. Yes. Once you learn how to deal with it. I mean, like my boss wasn't could He had his moments where he was an asshole. And, and I used to I used to fight back. And then we... Got to an agreement, and then everything was fine. I've yes. not had that problem since then. Yes. But <clears throat> I think for her, she needs to figure that out because even if she changes to another place, she's going to con- be confronted with that same person. And that, that becomes the issue is a lot of people think that they're going to leave their job and go to this new magical place where everything, everything's going to be unicorns and rainbows. And yes. it's like, no, it it's is. all going to be the same shit. It's like, yes. can you deal with the same shit from different people? Yeah. And like, what can you put up with and what can't you? And it could be worse. Absolutely, it could be worse. Go to a worse you place. just never know. Yeah, exactly. So, Dane, what are some of your thoughts on like the overarching topic? Oh, man. I know, right? <laughs> It'll lead us down other rabbit holes. Um, so this isn't necessarily like energy and spirituality related but i just kind of key into what you were saying as far as like always having that one person in the workplace where so let's say you have like eight distinct personalities that always seem to like pop up in a workplace you might only notice the one and what i noticed might be different than what you know the two of you noticed with someone else because like that's where my deficiency in being able to handle like that type of personality is or just the conflict you don't have to call it a deficiency but as you were saying that i was saying back like i find myself consistently running into a very similar personality type in work environments that ends up becoming the major hurdle and has often led to me either wanting to leave or creating um, enough separation that it hindered uh, my ability to work. Like, so it became more important for me to create that space. Like, I don't want to deal with you. I'm not going to. Like, you're a terrible human being. Um, you clearly have some kind of complex going on and I don't want to be a part of it. And I thought, well, this is healthy. But when I look back on it, yes, that might've been a healthy choice, but that wasn't necessarily like an advancing choice of figuring out how do I as an individual deal with that type of personality? Because everyone's you know, going to be different in how you have to deal with them. So it's more like you felt like you were avoiding the issue instead of dealing with it? Yes. I, I thought that I was picking something, uh, picking a choice that was healthy for me to do um, but realizing that it was really just well at the core it was avoidance like I don't want to deal with this and thinking that I could find a different situation where you won't but if you have these you know similar personality types that get expressed in slightly different ways all the time popping up um, you know like you said you get presented with an issue over and over and over again and until you figure out how to deal with it or you you know, just keep suffering through it. Um, I think that that, you know, like you could take it very literally um, or you could take it more in a purgatory or like spiritual aspect and say that, you know, you're being presented with these things in order to have a chance to learn your lesson and move on with it. But using that kind of as a jumping point, I like what you said about when you're done with this life, you have this chance to Think about, like, what are your goals? What do you want to improve on as a person? Because in a sense, I was also uh, very 
much the idea of like the reincarnation moving towards nirvana, like constantly trying to have this uh, increased level of enlightenment as you go through life. Like, what did I need to attain in order to take a step closer towards nirvana? And so you get this new life to kind of work on that. And if you didn't do it, all right, well, then you go again, you keep working, you keep working, you keep working. Which also feeds into the idea of like the old soul, new soul. Like mm-hmm. how long has this soul been here trying to learn these things? Because, and I agree, like you meet some people, like I have met 18 year olds that I swear are retirement age as far as, and like you can laugh mm-hmm. about it as it's like, oh, you, you act like an old man. It's like, I, I think there is something to it. It doesn't mean I understand what it is, but I agree with you on that part versus other people who just have a different kind of like vibrance like to their life. And not so much that they're super energetic or that they do, you know, certain activities. It's just you see a difference in there. And it's not based on chronological age with it for some reason or another. Um, crap, I was doing so good with that train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're Nirvana thing and then learn. Oh, okay. So uh, I don't know if I ended up talking about it last time, but there was this conversation that I had with my mom at one point where I had the idea that if physics presents us with this opportunity to think about like parallel dimensions that, of all like infinite number of existences that happen at any point in time, like right the old us. multiverse theory, right? So if that were true, and if we think that well, we're confined to the universe that we're in just because this is the extent of what we're able to perceive as humans, then the energy that's in us is it also contained to that? And I don't think that it is. So if it were able to exist or move between existences, like once it's done with the human being form, does that mean that there are these other dimensions which become the next uh, steps where it's like, okay, you had your time as a human being here, now we're going to present you as you transition into existence in this life, in a different dimension, and then in this life in a different dimension. Um, and that each of those could be, instead of it being the concept of enlightenment, but the concept of uh, greater understanding of the different dimensions as they move up and how things end up relating to one another. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think there is something to that. I, um, I don't understand it, but I definitely I definitely agree with what you're saying. The way that you phrased it, where you said, like, this is your chance to look back and set goals. Mm-hmm. Where when I thought about it, I felt that at least initially we were powerless in that that like something else was just like nope didn't get it here you go try well, I, again but i think that depends on the thing that keeps jumping in my head is like well that depends on what is consciousness like does does the soul your spirits your energy whatever you want to call it i don't care it's just mm-hmm. a name it's just a word mm-hmm. like whatever that is is that your consciousness is it is it your brain is it your thoughts because, like, I mean, I, again, I've talked about this before. I believe that the spirit, the soul, whatever, it just runs the machine that is our body in this current state uh, in this realm of existence right now. Like, it is just the the meat vehicle. It's a machine that the energy inside of us is actually running. But then that begs the question of, like, then what makes our thoughts? What makes our brain? Is it is the, the brain just a storage for our consciousness? Do we actually have that past like the machine not working anymore. Because if the machine's not there, now there's just energy. Is it raw energy? It can it think? Can it can it smell? Can it can it move? Can it do anything? I don't I don't know. Like it's an interesting thing to think about. 
but I, I never thought of it as being like a chance for you to, to the energy to leave your body mm-hmm. and then still be able to think after that. I never thought of it that way because in my mind it's like, oh, you got okay, you got the brain and it's running the engine, but then what what determines your thoughts? It's a good question. Um, it goes back to there's there's some um, argument you can have with that. Um, I took a class in college, and one of the discussion points we had was what affects your personality? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Are you born with it, or is it created because of the environment that you're in? And in looking at it um, in time, and I have a set of twins, and I could actually watch a real-life experiment in my life, you know, um, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it has to be, right? Because you can still make your own choices. Yes, because we but, have free will. But you are limited by where you were born, your parents, mm-hmm. like how much money you guys make, the poverty around you. Like those really do yeah. influence your lives. I mean, I know some people, you know, like you hear about like the political bullshit all the time. Like, oh, they need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. I'm like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have the uh, like the same uh, chances and environments and opportunities that other people have. It's just mm-hmm. bullshit to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree to a point with that. But I also think that, um, like, I remember uh, watching a a gentleman from inner city Akron, and uh, he was born and raised in poverty, and and he worked his ass off and joined the military, and now he's extremely successful. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. But but I think that's a choice. I don't think that's just the fact that he lucked into it and fell into it. It's like, no, it's... It's it's a hard work. It's a it lot is. of dedication, yes. and it's a choice. And you can I choose agree. to not do that. What? Who is it? I think it was was Ben, Car- ben Carson. But mm-hmm. right? he it was like a came from a, a mother oh, mother couldn't read single mom. Yeah, but it was him and his brother, right? Oh, he had multiple. There, okay, there was a lot of lot of family. Members. Okay, okay. I thought I thought it was the two of them, and I thought like his brother was like a criminal and in jail. Yeah. It's like, well, how could I not be because of the yeah. environment that I came from? Like then right. his brother was like a doctor and a politician. Like it was, oh, how could I not be with yeah. the, what I came from? And I wanted to get out of that and choose to yeah. do different. So mm-hmm. it's like, like is that nature or nurture? Like as you said, like it's definitely both. Yeah, exactly. But like I actually I read a book, read a book once a long time ago where it talked about. Um, can't remember now. It's a long time ago I read it. But there was a person talking about, um, I think they had a near-death experience. And it was either that or, anyway, I don't remember now. But they were talking about what they saw on the other side, quote-unquote the other side. And and it really resonated with me. And, you know, when when you do, when you are done with this this body, I mean, this is my belief. When you're done with this body, you have this moment and you're you're welcomed into the light um, on the other side. And then they kind of do a review of your life. But from other people's perspectives, like things that you did wrong and things. Um, Maybe how you hurt someone how you hurt or somebody. how you treated others. Yes. And you can feel it from their perspective, but in a loving way, like, hey. Might have thought about this. We a need to bit work different. on this. Yeah, <laughs> this might be a problem. And that to me is, it made a lot of sense. And it that's it's like what some people call the judgment. Right? Yes, exactly. Judgment day. Yeah, you know. And but I don't think it's in a in a in a damning way. I think it's really in a loving. It's meant way. to be in a loving growth way. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we need to work on these and get yeah. better. And then once once you go through that, then you're like, oh, okay, these are things I need to work on. 
And then I think you start choosing your next life based on that. You know, that's my belief. Yeah. So. And that that's a scary thought in and of itself because obviously there are some people in history who've remembered being like an old, you know, war battleship general or something or yeah. whatever. And they could talk about all these things in specifics or whatever. And sometimes you wonder, okay, is this a hoax? Yep. Like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, is it real? I don't know. But for most people, I would say that they don't remember anything from a previous life. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't open like you are to the Agreed. idea of it and allowing those things to even come in their brains, which obviously I personally believe if you're not open to it in the first place, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen for you. Right? Right. Right? Let's, let's just be honest right. here. Like if you're not open to the idea like, it's not going to be there for you. It sucks to be you. So there's a real possibility that I'm just fucking crazy That's, and none of it means anything. It's certainly a possibility. <laughs> but how is that How is that any different than any of the different religions and what sure. they believe in? And the craziness, when you start to look into some of that stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, you believe what? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no logic to that. There's no ideas behind that. Of so course. how is it any different than any of that? I don't understand. Yeah. Nonetheless. I would agree. But it's like. To me personally, it's like if you're if you're not open to the idea of it at least, mm-hmm. you know, like and you just shut your mind down to it, like how could it affect your life? Yeah. Like it, it won't because it can't. It, it physically can't. Yeah, there's a there's a new series on Netflix that my wife and I just watched a couple weekends ago. Um it was called uh, Life After Death and this uh the kid, I can't remember his name now. Um he's a, he's a medium. And he, what, what's a medium? Uh, so he, he talks to people on the other side and he goes to, uh, different people and he channels, um, people that have passed, um, that are in their lives and kind of relays a message to the people and, um, kind of tells them things that have happened. Like a lot of these, um, were people that had untimely deaths and things like that. And, um, you know, he's helping them give, get some, some closure and some answers and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was, it was interesting to watch and, um, you know, and a lot of people won't watch that series cause they think it's total bullshit and it very well. Well, here's be. the thing. It's like most people won't watch anything that they can't explain. Yeah. Like there's no science behind it. There's, there's no explanation here. And let's be honest, 98 to 99% of those people are probably fucking full of shit. Right. They're probably just charlatans who were scamming people out of their money or doing whatever. Or sure. honestly, maybe it's therapy. And it's helping other people move on, and it's a good thing. Who cares? But chances are they're full of shit. But again, if you don't believe in the possibility that 1% to 2% of those things could be real, yeah. then it never could be. Um, his name is Tyler Henry. Um, I just had to look had it to up. Look it up. <laughs> I, did. I had to look it up. I did. I had to look it up. But, but you know, you know, and a lot of people say, well, he, he had to have gotten the story beforehand, and you know, and that's, that's the reason why he's, he's just feeding into these people. And, and it's, it is possible. Um, but, the, but obviously some of those people are small minded and they're trying to just explain things away right. while they believe in their own superstitious, hocus pocus bullshit right. of whatever it is they believe in. Right. But this can't be true because it's not what I believe. Like, yeah. well, who says it's not true? Granted, I personally believe 98 to 99% of those people are fucking bullshitters yeah. and just, just shysters. Yeah. But I also believe in the fact that it could be possible. Yeah. But there's a very small percentage of them that are actually real. Right. Yeah, I actually went to see a guy 10, 12 years ago down in Akron, same kind of guy, and he would pick different people out of the audience and he would tell them things. And like, this is a long time ago, but I I do remember there was a few things that he said. I'm like, 
there's no there's no freaking way he could have known this in advance. There's just no way. Yeah, and then a lot of times when those kind of shows and stuff you see online, like or or the, I guess they're not online anymore, but they used to be, you know, going around like you would see yeah. like people out in the in the crowd, they'd be um, talking with people beforehand and kind of getting their scoop and writing it down and feeding yeah. it to the guy. And he's, oh, there's a there's a Todd here, and oh, you lost someone close to you, right. and blah blah blah. You know, yeah, it's of like, course. It's like, oh my god, that's me. But you didn't realize that you were like, you were being scoped by their yes. their crew ahead of time as you're yep. just you know talking and hanging out before. And Absolutely. so again, most of them are bullshitters, but yes. right. Some of that yeah. shit could be real. Yeah, and I guess for me, I, I believe in a lot of it because I've had I've had enough things happen in my life that are just very unexplainable, and you know, and I'm just like, wow, that's really cool. It, it was a it was a cool story. the other, The other side note, the other part that was cool about that series was um, his mom. So there was a storyline about his mother. So his mother had found out that who raised her who she thought was her mom wasn't her mom. And so then she had to go back and piece her life together and figure out who her parents really were and what happened. And, and the woman who raised her was, had actually murdered two people and was in jail. Like she wasn't not a nice person. So she was raised in this really shitty environment and, you know, her actual mom was a single she found out was a single mom at the time and that's why she let her she you know gave her up but um anyway that storyline watching that was just it was it was it had both t and i and hook hooked in like we watched that thing for like we we just fed on it all weekend what was so compelling about it what was drawing you in because there was the the things that happened to her were just mind-blowing so you know, so she goes to to show she goes to see her brother and sister that she was raised with. Well, her brother and sister were black, and it was like, what? How do you not know that that's not your real mom at that point? It just seems so bizarre. But like, they all were like, well, she was dating a white guy at the time, so we didn't think anything of it. We just figured that she was just so like you just hear these little like little clips, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then, um. You know, she um, found her her biological family and just, I don't know, it was just fascinating. It was just fascinating to watch because, um, you know, here's this woman who doesn't know anything about her life. And she's in her 50s or 60s now trying to figure it all out. Yeah, but how important is that really necessary, right? I mean, does it really even matter? No, it it doesn't. Other than I would imagine, um, it, it seems to me like I've, I've heard enough people talk, tell stories that are adopted. Like they want to know their origin. There's something driven within them as they want to know what their origin is. I'm not sure what that is. Cause obviously I, I didn't have that growing up, but like everybody that I've ever met or have seen, they have this drive to want to know their history, you know, for whatever reason. So like, it was just fascinating to watch. Um, it just really sucked me in. Cause it was just like, wow, holy crap. What a crazy ass story, you know, huh. because the woman who raised her, like, like she was abusive and she put the kids in, you know, locked them in closets and just, you know, she was abusive and, and, um, and here she goes and she murders two people. Well, then she, um, gets her son, this woman's brother to go and help bury the bodies. And he was like, well, I was 18 years old. 
you listen to what your mother says. And she told me that our family was in danger because of these people and such and such did this and did that. And so we got to get rid of it. He's like, so I just did what my mom told me to do. And it ruined his life. Yeah. Obviously, because now he's in accessory, accessory to murder. murder. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it just all these little things in her story are just like, holy shit. How crazy of a world did this woman grow up in? And then here she has this son who, um, you know, and her, her biological mother had passed away. So now she has this son who, you know, he talks to dead people. Let's just say that. And he's he's the same age as my kids. He's 26. And he's just this kindest, gentlest soul you'd ever want to meet. And it was this goes into me and my beliefs of, like, he obviously chose to be born into this family for this reason you know like this is his purpose and he goes and he talks to these people and he really he really calms um people down like there was one story where he um he went and saw this family and they had like a six-year-old girl that had um had died and she had passed away because she she and her sister were playing and she fell and broke her arm well he took her to um, a med clinic instead of the hospital and they gave her too much um, too much uh, meds um, I forget what the hell they used like painkillers or yeah something and she and it killed her and so like he was living with his guilt of in his life that like man if I'd have just taken my daughter to you know a regular hospital maybe this wouldn't happen but well, that, that's the problem, though, is you play the what if game. You, you never know. You do, I mean, you, of course, you do. Like whatever happened, happened. You can't change it now. Right. It's in the past. But, but like, we as humans, like we think that, like, oh, if I'd have done this or I'd have done that, like I could have changed it. Yeah. Like but you can't change it now. It's done. Right. It's over. So, so you know, he he is channeling this this girl, and he doesn't know the whole. He doesn't know the story until he's he's talking to this girl, and basically, you know, he's telling pieces and parts, and these people are like, wait, what? How do you, how do you know that? You know? And basically, you know, it turns out, I mean, the girl was like, look, it was fine. You know, I, you know, there was no, there was no, you know, whatever guilt you're feeling, you need to release it and that kind of stuff. So whether, whether it's really true or not, at the end of the day, he gave these people closure and relief and lifted that guilt that they had been living with for all these years. So you know, he just, I don't know, he, he was, it was an interesting show. It was an interesting show for me. <laughs> so, anyway. Awfully quiet over there, Dan. <laughs> uh, I had thoughts from earlier, and I was trying to think of segueing from that. No, no like need to segue. You're just, very you feel free to jump in. Um, you know, like, it's, 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 it's a dance. You know, you know how this goes. Like, it's yep. just, you're in and out. It's no problem. You got something to say, jump in somewhere. Like, oh, I want to talk about this, or I forgot about that. Or, it's no problem. I, don't know, I think that I agree with you that many of them are either lying or don't realize that they're false. Well, like medians and stuff like that, yeah. or so they psychics might, or whatever. They could truly believe that they really can do what they do. Um, and so to them, they're not lying. Mm-hmm. They're not ripping people off. They're just self-deceived. Them. Right. Um, but there's, like you said, that one to 2%, because when you look at the just abnormality of human beings on things that they can do, 
Like there are, I mean, they have it show up like on was it Discovery Channel or like the whole Ripley's Believe It or Not concept is that you'll have this one out of a hundred million person who can do this one thing. But the only reason they know they can do that one thing is because they put themselves in a situation where they got to experience it and then realize like, oh, I have a capacity for this. I'm going to test it out and go with it. So if you have these physical abnormalities, you have these moments where um, the human body, when it takes off its rate limiters, uh, basically like the, essentially the capacitors for the muscles, like can bench press like 1200 pounds. You'll completely destroy yourself in the process of doing that. But like the maximal muscular tension strength that you can create in a situation, if your body was like, we're going to die if we don't do this yeah. is unbelievable. You see a person like move a car off of a kid exactly. or do something crazy. It's like, holy and shit. Outrun. Uh, there was a one example where there was a police officer and he was trying to help out because there was a wildfire that was going through and he was trying to help out this family to get out of a house in time. And it just came in way faster than they expected. And he said he made it from the house to the car. He doesn't really remember the whole scenario. But when they looked, it's like, well, you couldn't have possibly done that in the time that you said. Because when they checked it, he would have had been running at like quarter horse speed like well beyond what he physically should have been capable of so that's why they said you can't do this um and all kinds of other examples you know whether it's about you take someone like hawking or like stephen hawking who is just this unbelievable genius he's this abnormality of cognitive performance um that supposedly supposedly i, I mean <laughs> so, some no. people said it was his translator and they were just like using Steven so that he wouldn't get all the limelight. I'm, I, One of there the are other. there are people who say that. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, then there's an incredible cognitive translator. <laughs> um, but it makes sense to me to think that there would also be abnormalities in uh, people's uh, perception on like what is it that they're able to receive. Whether that's, you know, energy that comes in the form of talking to someone who has passed away or it's knowing things about someone who is living in front of them or not in front of them that they, quote unquote, shouldn't know. Because I think that we always end up trying to, like you said, we, if we don't understand it, we say it's not real. Yeah. You try to explain it away. Right. So if we can't explain it, we say that, oh, you're just, well, maybe you're deceiving yourself. You're trying to deceive me because it can't exist as opposed to being open-minded to the idea. But- where is it going? I did it again. <laughs> I went with the momentum instead of the thought. Um, if you allow for the fact that people might be able to do it, but even they can only put it in the context of what they would be able to understand, then they might be saying something that's true, but in the big picture of things is limited to their own perspective. So as an example... Um, when people would look at, say, an explosion or like lightning, let's say they look at lightning and be like, that's the gods being angry because they don't have science to explain it. It's like, this is their explanation. Well, they can still see the destruction that happens because of it. Like, that isn't refutable. Yeah. But the explanation for it is still wrong. And I feel like that often happens with, I shouldn't say often, but I think that that happens in these, you know, one in a hundred million scenarios where the medium only has their ability to 
you know, give an explanation for what they do, you know, within what they know. Yeah, but obviously with people like that who are real and not just charlatans, mm-hmm. is like I would imagine it would come in waves. Little glimpses, little this, little mm-hmm. that, and they kind of have to make up the rest because it's not like they're just seeing into the future or having like a full conversation with people. They might get ideas or thoughts or feelings or what have you. It's not like it's, it's not like watching a fucking television. You know, so it's, for, it's different. So if you say like, let's say that it's uh, energy from a different level of existence that they're able to somehow tap into or it's communicating with them in waves, right? They're not going to know that. They don't suddenly have a better understanding of physics because they can communicate with it. Yeah. They just they have the they've antenna. got feelings that they can't right. explain. But at the same time, what I think is really interesting and kind of comes back to the conversation that we had last time we were here is that what you perceive is going to be different from one person to another. So let's say that all three of us right now uh, are suddenly granted with uh, extrasensory perceptions. I was going to say a full head of hair, like Todd and I are excited. <laughs> <laughs> down for that (laughs) so if all three of us have that and uh we'll say that the explanation for it is that it is this information or energy from a different level of existence that's coming in well you know todd could experience that as voices you could experience that as visions yeah for me it's been visions most of my life and i could experience that as feelings Mm -hmm. right um they do three different things there okay let's go so you could look at that and be like, oh, they're all doing different things. It's like, no, it's it's the limitation of their body trying to make sense of something that it doesn't really understand, but yet is still experiencing. And because we're limited in that way, that means that we have that extra barrier to understanding ourselves when someone says it to us. I don't really have a point that I'm trying to... Well, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the discussion, it, the ideas. That's kind of what comes to mind with it is, like, I agree with you. I think that there are these abnormalities that do exist and if they have the opportunity to find out that they exist, because there could be people who are mediums and never know, right? This I, th- I think I think more up. people are mediums than they give credit for, in a small sense. Not so much being able to communicate with dead people sure, or, or what have you, but just th- think of it like how many times have you thought of a friend? And I mean like intensely thought of a friend. Maybe you haven't seen in a couple of years or maybe you haven't talked to in a few months, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're like, I need to reach out to them. I, sh- I should ask what's going on. You know, and then you find out like that, boom, like they had something big going on in their life at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. Like, and how much are like, are your energies connected that mm-hmm. you're picking up on some of that? I can remember specifically uh, a couple of uh, weeks or probably about a month, month and a half, excuse me, month and a half ago now, where I texted a friend that I haven't seen in a couple of years. And I've been, I've, we kind of texted back and forth here and there, but I haven't seen them and spent time with them. And I was like, I really want to see this person. Like we need to get together soon. Like, we need to figure something out. And I, and I texted them and I got a response back. Like I must've manifested this. I was literally just thinking about you. We need to get together. And Oh mm-hmm. my God, it was, it was so interesting that both mm-hmm. of us had the exact same thought at the exact same moment. Mm-hmm. It was so strange. And I can remember specifically another time with a, a very, very close friend and mentor of mine. And I've been very close to him since my early twenties. He's really helped develop, me personally and my growth and everything else. And I was, he was thinking about me in a specific moment. It was like a two o'clock in the afternoon or something or something happened. He's like, you know, like, I think he sent me a text later or called me later that evening. Like, Hey man, I was thinking about you this afternoon about this time. You know, I hope everything was going okay or whatever. And like, I was going through, I think like a job interview or something at that moment. And it was like, we didn't exactly talk about that, but he was thinking about me when I was going through like a big moment for me at that time. It was, mm-hmm. It was really interesting. I was like, huh. And most people would just, 
you know, dismiss it and push mm-hmm. it off or do whatever. I was like, that to me is really interesting. Like what to us was connected yeah. that he was thinking about me at that exact moment. It's not that he doesn't just think about me at times because we're really close. Like that always happens with friends. Like, oh, I haven't talked to them. I should reach out to him. Like, no, like at a very specific moment, he was thinking of me and I was going through like a big thing for me at that time. Yeah. Like that's different. Like I, I, I can't explain it. It's interesting to mm-hmm. me. I don't know. Like about how much of that is we're connected, but most people would just brush it off. Like, oh, that's no big deal. Like, no, that is a big deal. Yeah. I think even on a, even on a simple scale, people don't, people don't really, um, people don't really put much to this, but like. You're walking down the street, and there's a person coming the other direction, and you just get this sense. A gut feeling. Something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. There's an energy there between the two of you you're picking up on. Some people will ignore it, but other people will listen to it and like, I think it was a good idea to listen to that. But I think there's a lot of science behind that as well, because mm-hmm. I mean, our ancestors grew up not in homes, not with supermarkets around. Yeah. You were out in the woods hunting, gathering, fishing, you know, Absolutely. raising crops, doing whatever to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if there was a rustle in the, in the bush, you've got to decide, is that a predator? Is that something that's going to kill me? Yep. Or is that something that's okay and it's no big deal? So mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of that that's already kind of built into our subconscious mm-hmm. that we're not actually aware of that is just – you know, part of our you know evolution. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, there, there, again, there's been a lot of studies behind a lot of that kind of stuff. And I always tell my daughter, you know, trust your gut. Yep. Trust your gut. Always. You've always got that feeling. If things are good, run with them. If things aren't, walk away. Yep. Like, trust your gut. Yeah, I mean, and I've seen stories where one person said, you know, I was literally walking down this, this, you know, uh, alley, alley or, or whatever, or, and I turned around because like, something didn't feel right. And then the next day they see an article that some person, you know, was raped and killed in that, in that same, alley. same alley that night. And it's interesting because if you um, if you look at statistics and studies of things that have actually happened with attacks, uh, people, a lot of uh, serial killers and stuff have been um, interviewed and whatnot of what, what they were looking for. And just being aware of your surroundings mm-hmm. probably kept your friend mm-hmm. from getting attacked. Yeah. Just be like, hey, something's weird. I'm going to look around here. Just that, because most people who are offenders like that, they don't want confrontation. They want yeah. an easy target. Absolutely. You know, what was it? Um, oh, the Boston Strangler? It was like some famous like serial killer rapist would like pick targets and almost apologize. It was like, hey, you know, I'm sorry. I, I have to do this because I messed up mentally or whatever. I, yeah. I don't want to hurt you. I'm just going to rape you. And I, I, if you don't make a fuss, I, I won't, you know, again, kill you or yeah. hurt you, beat you or do whatever. And that was their thing. It was, it was, but then it escalated and escalated because they needed more and more and more to satiate their own deep desires yeah. of whatever it is. Because obviously some people are just fucking broken. Yeah. You can't fix it. You can't rehab that. Not to mention our... Our jail systems aren't exactly rehabbing fucking anyone. Let's not yeah. talk about that. Right. But it's still, it's like, but they were looking for an easy target. And mm-hmm. most most women are taught, okay, well, if I don't fight, then maybe I won't get hurt. It's like, horse shit, fight. They'll fucking leave you alone. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, granted, if they're going to murder you, they're going to murder you. Like, of that course. is what it is. But at least fucking fight back. You know, but like most of these women were so afraid of getting beat or hurt or murdered or whatever, that they would just let themselves get raped. And it's like... It's only going to get worse from there. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, scratch their fucking eyes out. Like, pull their ears off. You, you know, you like, do. yeah, rip their dick off. I mean, like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Like, fight back. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah, but I mean, but seriously, though, I mean, just being aware 
for your friend probably kept her from yeah. getting assaulted that evening. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, you know, it just goes back to that energy. Like, there's there's just that energy between all of us. And Yeah. I mean, how, how many times you can, like, feel it. you can feel someone looking at you. You can oh, yeah. feel it. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, something's going on here. It's like, oh, hey, man, what's up? Why are you staring me down? Yeah. What's going on? Absolutely. You know, so I'm going to keep an eye on you, shithead. Yep. <laughs> no doubt. Granted, no doubt. I'm not so worried being a six foot five giant human being right. you know but still mm-hmm. and it's like i i get scared in situations like sure. that like you just you you don't have any other option it's it's our evolution yep yeah absolutely going back to something that you said earlier dean it made me think of so i i had a nephew when he was um 18 or 19 he was out with a bunch of friends and they um you know they were out partying and drinking and and doing stuff the kids do doing stuff that they do and and they were drag racing well he lost control of the car hit a tree or something and killed two people in his car and you know for a lot of years i always heard these stories that whether it was whether he was really driving or not and i never understood it but then i finally got a chance to talk to him after he you know he got out and he he did his time and, and all that does that be what involuntary manslaughter yeah i think that's what he, he went up for and and he was in and out of the jail system for a lot for a lot of years after that because of it. Uh, that's the problem. Is like again, it's not rehabbing these people. No, agreed. They're just putting them in there to make money for these institutions. Yeah. And then obviously it these is. people are learning how to be yeah. better criminals. They come out and they yeah. they do criminal things because they can't get real jobs. Well, and nobody also, will hire them. Well, and also when you're on probation like that, like you can't screw up. And like if you're dating somebody. And this is what happened to him one time. He was dating this girl, and she basically she got mad at him, called the cops. Well, guess what? You don't get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you're at that going point. to jail. You're going back to jail. Period. Fuck. You know. So anyway, um, you were talking. So anyway, so, sorry. So that's okay. No, that's okay. It, it's 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 all part of the the whole story. But it's unfortunately more common when you talk to those people than not. It's unfortunate, but um, he was so like so he told me what happened that night, and basically the reason why they questioned whether. He was really driving or not. Essentially, the car was destroyed to the point where they're like, there's no way in hell. He survived. He should have survived. And he said, he remembers he hit, when he hit, he came up out of the seat and he said he felt a hand on his chest that held him in place. And he said, that's what saved him. He said he truly believed it was the hands of God that saved him. So like, I was just like, wow. Damn, that's deep shit. Yeah. But, I mean, but how many times have you heard people talk about that? Like, oh yeah, oh I felt this, or someone was pulling me that way, or yep. you know, they talk about like, oh it's God, it's this, it's that. Like it could be, yeah, you know. But like, but what if it's what if it's something else? What if it's other forces sure. around? I mean, like that brings up the question: like, do you guys believe in ghosts and spirits and other realms of existence and pl- or not realms, but planes of existence? Obviously, realms would be more like the multiverse stuff. Like, right. do we think that there's another universe somewhere else where three guys are sitting around the table like talking about <laughs> the exact same thing, but it's it's a mirror image and this and that. Right? They're they're all they're all wrong handed instead of right handed. Like like okay, let's calm down here. Like, do I believe in life in other planets? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Like the fact that there's so many other galaxies and universes and places, the fact that we think we're the only intelligent life, fuck off. We're not that special. Yeah. Like there's there's something else out there for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. No, I think they're visiting our planet. Well, I don't know. The government just said that there's what they don't call them UFOs anymore. What are they, what are they now? Uh, aerial phenomenons or some shit. Like they call right. them. They're, they're not. They're not UFOs. They're whatever. Whatever the government's calling them, they've essentially come out and said, "Yep." They're there. We've got record of them. Here they are. But nobody fucking cares. Like, right. why is no one talking about this? I don't understand. So, yeah. anyway, 
But that brings up the question of like, are there are there spirits that are out there maybe watching out for us or there to do us harm, like ghosts mm-hmm. and stuff like you hear of hauntings or whatnot? I don't know. Thoughts? Ideas? Anyone? I believe in them. Uh, but I, again, I think I, I don't believe that my interpretation of their existence is accurate. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, again, so if I think that I see something that is a ghost, does it only appear to me as a ghost because, you know, that's what I've been taught or because that's the best that my brain can do? That's like the limit of your... Perception. Uh, yeah, perception. I was going to say imagination. That's not right. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, but do I think that what I'm seeing is something that is real and does truly exist, even if it is in a, like a, a parallel existence uh, or in a different way than... I exist myself. Yes, I think that that happens. Um, But again, I think that we come up with ways to explain it and label it and give it a form that is often, well, it's inaccurate inherently. Of course. Um, But often wildly inaccurate. I think it's, but if people try to explain away things that they can't explain, right? Right. Right. But do I think that they exist? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that brings up another question that I have, because obviously I know, your answer, Tom. You can tell the people if you want to. Sure, I believe they exist. Absolutely. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we, we all we all knew this. Checkbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that that begs the question of what we were talking about earlier about the energy that is our spirit. So, so say that these are these are spirits, or that don't have a body, that are stuck in between this maybe a pool of light or nirvana or Shangri La or whatever we want to call it. Doesn't matter. They're, they're not off of this plane of existence. Things mm-hmm. that we can't perceive and see and whatnot so then are these things like are the entities that are looking for a body are they stuck in their old bodies with their old consciousness a lot of people like who are religious especially like catholics like oh well my mom she's looking out for me and she's an angel or my uncle passed away and he's looking out for me and all this kind of stuff and it's like shouldn't they be moving on to something better like Mm -hmm. do they i mean dan carlin talks about this in a joking way it's like or George Carlin, excuse yeah. me, not Dan Carlin. And he talks about this, like, would they not have something else better to do than, like, fucking watch after you? Like, don't yeah. don't they get to go live there? Nirvana and Shangri-La, <laughs> yeah. they got to stick around here, watch you fuck everything up. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, so it's, that brings up the question of, like, okay, so maybe they're just lost souls. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just haven't made it to where they need to go to yet, or I don't know. But then, that that for me, that brings up the question of, like, okay, well then, is that new or old energy? Is that Does that mean that, like when I die, like my spirit could get stuck here in this realm and not go on to the pool of light or nirvana or whatever. And that I could be just circling around the people that, that I would try to love and look after until I went fucking crazy. Like you hear of people talk about like that's what makes crazy ghosts and stuff because they've lost their mind because right. they were they were stuck and couldn't move on and blah, 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 blah. Right. But again, that to me, it's like, is that new or is that old? You know, it's like, okay, if I'm just stuck being me, then what happens to like the new person? Like, where does that energy come from? You know what I mean? Is that, is that making sense? Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not making sense to myself. So no, I understood. Okay. I understood what you're saying. Um, I don't, I don't know if I know the answer to it. Cause uh, I, none of us know the answer. Yeah, of course. But what? Really? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. Anybody what, who says they what know. Are we, what are we here for then? Anybody who says they know the answer is fucking full of shit. Yeah. Um, but it it is actually a good question because I think about that at times too because like you know I know that um, you know like the spirits of a lot of my ancestors are still with me and and I've talked to them and that kind of stuff 
but I also believe that they've moved on. So there, there must be some sort of a, I don't know how that, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about how that works. I really don't, I don't know how that works, but it, it definitely is there. But I do think that there are some souls that get stuck and they don't know how to move on. Um, and you know, a long time ago when I was a uh, young teen, I was taking classes from, um, with my family and a woman who was a psychic. And, um, she used to talk about that. Sometimes they're just, you know, spirits, they get, they get stuck and they passed untimely and they're kind of confused. Like, what the hell just happened? Why, where am I? What I, they don't know what to do. And yeah. They don't know how to move on and move forward. So a lot of times, you know, she used to talk about how she would help them move, move on. And, um, so I think there's some of that, but like, you know, like my mom, for example, when she passed away, you know, it was a couple years, year and a half, maybe six months. I don't remember. There was a time period after she had passed. I was in a pretty dark place and she had actually come, come back and talk to me and we talked like I literally like I'm talking to you guys right here and kind of helped me start moving out of the darkness that I was in. And, um, I mean, it was as real as day, but like maybe, maybe there was something there that she, it was just, she needed to her, her soul needed to come and like, Hey dude, get your shit in gear, get out get in, get it in gear, move forward. Yeah. Like this it's is okay. This is part of life. It hurts. It sucks. Yeah. It's but okay. You've got to move forward. Right. So, um, so maybe, you know, maybe she had already moved on and was, was preparing for the, for the next life. But at the same time, um, there's some sort of parallel world that, that they can, that, that, that spirit can still come and talk to you. I'm not sure. But that's an interesting thought because like, think of how many people have been on this planet Throughout the what hundreds of thousands of years, they found like human civilization, like in, in the form that we are now. It's like how many of those souls are like being recycled and coming through, or how many are their own person, right? And they're, that they're they're doing their own thing, maybe in a different realm or existence, like after the right. the, the death here. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's mind blowing. It's, it's a crazy thought to think of. It's it's scary, but it's it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I do know for my own self, like, because I, because, you know, I spent a lot of time really trying to figure out, um, what I really believed and what made sense to me. Um, it actually has given me peace in that, like, if I were to die tomorrow, not that I want to, I'm okay with it. Like, there's so many people that fear death and like, I'm just, I just don't. You know, I just don't, like I said, not that I'm ready to go, because I think there's a lot more things I need to, to do on this planet before I do go. But it gives me a, a tremendous amount of comfort knowing, believing what I believe and that I can move forward and without without fear. So, um, so anyway, that, that's it for me. But I think that's why a lot of people cling to religion, especially later in life, mm-hmm. is because they're thinking like, well... The, the Bible says that if I do this and I obey these rules and do all this kind of stuff, then I get to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, what's what's the worst case scenario? What what if I'm wrong? Then at least I got a chance not to go to hell. You know, whereas, like, I personally believe that it's, it's all made up bullshit just to scare people. Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason why you entice people into heaven or you scare them with hell. Like, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of scientific stuff behind that. It's just controlling people. So I don't believe in that personally. But I'm obviously not 
sure what the hell's next, you know, but I don't yeah. believe that I'm just going to die and it's going to be just dark and nothingness or what have you. I believe that my energy is going to have to go somewhere, whether that gets recycled back into a new person or I'm going to stay myself. I don't know, but I, I don't believe that it's, you know, the, the simple heaven and hell that religion talks about that to me was just yeah. made up by man and wasn't, you know, wasn't written in by God's hand or whatever. It's, I, no, it's a freaking panel of people who sat around a, a table and decided what went in or out of that yeah. that freaking book. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so here is... Dane's reaching for his notebook. Yeah. So what's going on here? So here's where you said before, talking about the energy aspect, physics comes in in a really fun way. So whenever I end up watching and reading about things like this, it's from an attempt to have a better understanding of uh, existence. So that as a preface of my level of nerdiness, or nerdiness. <laughs> I like nerdiness. I like that. I like the nerdiness. <laughs> Let's um, coin that. Let me copyright that. So are, are you familiar with string theory? No. A little bit. A little bit. So the idea being that uh, when you go down to the base of everything, we have atoms, and then atoms are made up of uh, the nucleus and the electrons, and within the nucleus you have your neutron, your proton, and if you take that even down one more, you go to quarks, and then the theory is that quarks are, are or one of the theories, is that they're made up of these things um, that they refer to as strings, and that depending on how the string vibrates determines what type of matter it creates. Okay. So everything is strings. Everything is a different frequency, and all of those frequencies are literally combined so in order for that to exist they or as a theory in order to explain like the known universe they realized that they needed like these 10 or 11 dimensions in order to make it work so they went out and they looked for it so this i got all excited to get to talk about this <laughs> so we exist in a three-dimensional plane um, meaning that we can go forward backward left right up down right we have depth with it um and this is actually it'll go into a different topic too it'll be fun depending on how much you guys will let me talk. So please, <laughs> this is fun. So a zero dimension would be a dot. There is no up, down, left, right depth. A one dimension would simply be a line. So dimension just refers to like two points that you can connect and measure between two. So two dimension, you can take that up and you can make a square out of it. Now we have height and width. If we go 3D, which is what we are, now you have a cube with that. If a three-dimensional person or being were to be placed in a two-dimensional world, like Mario, the two-dimensional world would only perceive them to the extent of the limit of their perception. Meaning, if you were 3D and I was 2D and you came into my existence, I would perceive you as 2D because 3D doesn't mean anything to me. My brain wouldn't be able to comprehend that. Mm-hmm. Which would mean that if a four-dimensional existence were to come into ours, we would perceive them to the limit of our capacity, meaning that they wouldn't be four-dimensional to us. They would be three-dimensional. doesn't mean that we'd be able to make them into what we would know. Perhaps we see them as a ghost. Perhaps we see them as a hallucination. But what's the uh, fourth dimension? Time. Time. Yep. So when you end up putting that one, it's a cube made up of cubes 
And when they explain the idea of the fourth dimension, it's not just that you'd be able to move forward and backward in time. It's that the concept of distance and time ends up being null. So if you said, well, I need to go to the bathroom, you wouldn't have to take the time to travel upstairs to go to the bathroom. It would simply, you could turn and be in the bathroom. Because How that nice con- would that be? <laughs> if, if you wanted to get to work on time, commute isn't a thing. You would simply say, I'll be there, and you go there. But it wouldn't have to be, well, it takes me half an hour to get there, so I'm going to instantaneously jump to 9.30. You could be right then. But if you're late, let's say it's 9.15, you got to be there at 9.30, but it takes a half an hour, you can actually go backwards and still be there. You have absolute authority over the idea of forward and backward in time, as much as we do up, down, left, right. So if a ghost or a, a being were to then exist in a four-dimensional existence or even above, because we'll talk about those in a second, they could simultaneously, well, not simultaneously, but they could exist by our side and just as easily be doing their own thing. Not simultaneously, but, you know, a back and forth yeah. becomes very easy. Coming back to the joke you made with George Harlan, like, don't they have better things to do? Our perception is that they're there with us always. All the time. Time, exactly. All the time. But only in our perception of time. In their perception of time, because they're no longer limited by our 3D or three-dimensional existence, it's just another thing to move through. Mm-hmm. When you go up another one to the fifth dimension... Now well, there's you, a fifth dimension? What the fuck? It goes all the way to 11. <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. So each level that you end up going up, they're able to give the parameters with, uh, within which someone would be able to manipulate things. So with the fourth dimension, you're looking at the ability to like move forward and backward in time as a dimension. But within the fifth one, you would be able to then do, uh, I can go to this time and this time. So you're in two different spots. Then we go to the sixth dimension, you have this ability to be in the same time but two different places, like as a parallel dimension. And it just keeps going up. Until you get to this point where you have essentially this level of omnipotence where you can understand any point in time on any, any plane of existence in any universe in which they say that that would make the idea of a being in general uh, null. You wouldn't exist as we know. You would simply be or their interpretation of God. Yeah. But the only way to explain that and to make it real, is if you come back down to the little smallest thing in existence, which are the strings and the frequencies. So, that's the the ghost aspect that I was talking about. But when you refer to, uh, like, where does energy come from? And then where does energy go? I think it's a really fun concept to think, I'll need to remember the virtual non-existence thing in a second. Um, What if... The spirit is not coming into our body when we're born and then leaving when we pass, but instead the idea that the best that we can come up with as a being when we are brought into a three-dimensional world is that we exist as this. So your spirit, your soul, your energy is actually a much higher level of existence. But once you're brought into a three-dimensional plane, like we are, this is the best that we can do. We can only perceive three dimensions. We are limited to the capacity of the body 
and then we think of ourselves as a body with a soul. And then when we die, we get to step away from this plane of existence and return to whatever it was that we were before. So you're almost saying like, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that the what I perceive as my consciousness, my my energy that's inside this meat vehicle through this existence in this mm-hmm. realm right now is almost like a downgrade yes. from when, when it's freed up from being stuck inside of this machine. I wouldn't even say you're stuck inside the machine. I say that the machine is the limit of which you can exist within a plane like this. So break that down for somebody who's not as smart as you are. <laughs> um, I'm getting lost. Let's see. So, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a representation to come back down. So if you were, let's just go as high as like a fourth dimensional being. Uh, in 4D, you're Superman. You can do all these things. And as soon as you step in to the 3D world, not only do you lose all of your powers, you forget about them. You've been downgraded. Damn it. I thought the idea was to upgrade. So when you then pass away, that existence is allowed to return. But doing it that way takes you from like one literal being, like a, not a human being, but like a super being down to like a human being. And I think that again is one of the things that is inherently incorrect about the way that we look at these kinds of things is that we think of existence as matter, as compound form of like human beings. Well, you can organisms. feel, touch, taste, smell. And yet, if you think that everything is just frequencies that compound to a certain degree and that we're perceiving those frequencies only at this level, well then, existence can really be anything. Um, and so it shouldn't be limited to the fact that you know, we are a body. So we don't know what it would look like if you were a four-dimensional being or a fifth or sixth or so on, right? Yeah, because we can't comprehend that. Right. But for some reason, like, we keep making these higher-level existences as, like, a human. Like, we give it this hominoid. Is that the right word? Humanoid? Humanoid. Humanoid um, perception in our mind. Because I think we need to. But it could just be free-floating energy that is able to simultaneously exist on its own, but also is a bigger part of everything. In the same way that a nucleus exists on its own, but if it's broken down into frequencies, is just a one frequency amongst all of them. So simultaneously existing as an individual, but also as part of the whole. Which comes back to the idea of consciousness. I, I agree with you. I think that... This is, oh, crap, you agree with me that I don't understand it? <laughs> no, um, uh, when you were talking about the idea of like you can think about someone and it's just it's weird that you just happen to reach out to them when they wanted to talk to you or they were thinking about you too right well I think that the things like that are inherently there just like you were saying like more people are mediums than they really realize but like at a lower level but perhaps the people that do it more often are simply practicing it more yeah or more susceptible to it because they're open to the idea of it and exploring it. And those factors coming together makes them to be that much more pronounced at being able to do it than somebody else. Um, but it, if we allow the idea of this consciousness 
for this awareness and connection between people to exist as a, an idea, well, how does that happen? And I think that part of how it happens is coming back to when they say, like, everything's connected. And I love the idea with string theory that it gives this concept of the frequencies creating everything as a means of explaining literally everything is connected because everything is the same thing. Matt's mind is blown. I'm fucking really stupid. <laughs> I feel really dumb right now. No, that's a, uh, no. no, I totally, I totally get what you're saying, Dan. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think that's the reason why people that are in tune to that spirit world do it on almost somewhat of a, a different conscience level mm-hmm. in their mind because you can't comprehend it if you're not in that in right. that realm. They talk about people like going into these states where they they don't feel mm-hmm. that they are themselves. Like they're part of something bigger. They're being given information. They're being given insight. Yeah. Um, uh, well, even like that that Tyler Henry. Like if he's if he's emotionally attached to, you know, like he was emotionally attached to his mom. So like he couldn't channel things because there was too much of an emotional attachment on this plane. And that's why he can. That's why he could connect to other people in their stories because he doesn't have that emotional feeling. He can get into a different part in in his mind, and be able to to connect to that mm-hmm. to that um, to that energy. Did we talk about reading people last time? I don't know, but let's, I don't think so. Let's go over it. I can't remember if that was something I wanted to, or if we actually did. Um, so it's okay to recap things if we yeah. went over it before. It's no big deal. On our last episode. <laughs> Uh, people say all the time, like, I'm really good at reading people. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you're, and this is not in any way a setup for a challenge by any means, but (laughs) it's, I just realized even before I said the next couple of sentences that it could be taken away. But would you say that you are good at reading people? I am. Okay. I've noticed, second question, do you tell people or do you ever announce to people, I am good at reading people? Generally not. Okay. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Two things. One, people who say that they're good at reading people, like announce that they are, very rarely are. They just pay more attention to it. It's like the person who thinks they have really good taste in music because they've gone to the record store. Is that an outdated term? No, please. (laughs) Vinyl is like the way to go. (laughs) But they don't actually know good music. They just know of music, right? Um, And the other part is that Whenever you tell someone, hey, I'm really good at reading people, you get challenged or asked, like, hey, will you read me? For the person who is genuinely good at reading someone, it is, in my experience, a exhausting thing to do. Uh, Please you, explain. Okay. So, and by all means, chime in with sure. it because, you know, this could come back to what I was saying before about if all of us having different perceptions of a similar thing. Um, I've always, again, I'm going to set myself up in the way of being disproven, but, uh, I've, I'm, I've always been very good at reading people. Right. And therefore I've announced it. Therefore I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was something that my mom always noted on is that I would have these gut intuitions, uh, even when I was a little kid, I was like, I don't like them. Well, why not? It's like, I don't like them. And because there wasn't a rationale behind it, it was just a feeling, it all, it, not that it was dismissed, but it wasn't taken with as much validity. Well, then, you know, I remember one time in first grade, there was a teacher, uh, Mrs. P, I still remember her. 
And I say, I don't like her. Why not? I, I don't know. I, just, I don't like her. Well, she was a terrible human being, it turns out. Like, she was short with the kids, um, had a temper, uh, would be, like, belittling and demeaning to the other students. But as a first grader, you don't realize that that's what that is. Yeah, you're not old enough to understand the, the personality of realizing that's horrible to do that to other human beings. Right. You're, you're too young. You don't, you're naive. You don't know anything yet. But in hindsight, realizing is like I was picking up on something about her. Her energy. And it was before any of those things happened. But without having some kind of uh, rationale for it, like it gets dismissed, right? So that is context. Like, and I've always had that. So I jump ahead to uh, college. I remember a situation where I'm sitting there with my friends. We're in one of the cafeterias. And someone comes walk, goes walking by, and I say something about them. And they say, you shouldn't judge. It's like, well, I wasn't judging. And they're like, yes, you were. I was like, no, I was reading them. And this was one of the situations where I realized that I'm incredibly naive because I thought everyone did this. I thought everyone... Was like you. Would, like, yeah, they just like, you know, would figure these things out. So to have someone say, like, are you judging... Um, they really had no idea what I was talking about. I I wasn't able to distinguish the difference between reading and judging to them. And I was like, it's not the same thing. Well, how is it different? I was like, well, I mean, judgment, you're coming up with like these assumptions of what you're looking at based on previous experience. And instead, kind of like Sherlock Holmes, where like you're looking at it and you're deducing certain things about that based on a, a number of factors going through it and then piecing together kind of like a puzzle. And they said, well, prove it. And so there's, you know, number two. Everyone always wants it done to them or prove it. So I remember my friend Katie. She and I are sitting there. And I make eye contact with her in, like, that really uncomfortable way. <laughs> uh, like, not trying to be creepy or intense or anything. It's just, um, I think, because we've talked about it, where people don't like making eye contact. Most people, yeah. Yep. They'll look away. Yep. And... I think it's something that I actually used in acting years later, that there is this moment where you end up connecting with the other person. And as soon as that happens, like once the guard is down, there is this influx of information. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. And I love it. As terrifying as it can be when you know it's safe with the other person. So that, I started doing that with my friend Katie. And I started explaining things about her and how I think that uh, she grew up not on anything I've ever been told. So she goes like running out of the room afterward. And it says me and her. I'm like, well, I just lost a friend. Because I, I don't know. Maybe I said something. That is, like, is she the one who challenged you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were proving it to her. Yes. And it freaked her out. Um, so I get a phone call. Like I send a text to one of my friends. I was like, um, I think Katie hates me. Like I just really pissed her off. I get a phone call like almost immediately after that. And she's like, how did you know those things? And I try to explain, like, it's not, I never perceived it as a psychic experience. It's not like I'm being given, like, visions or anything like that. It's like someone opens a book. And they're like, all right, here you go. And I get to read from it. And they're allowing you to when they're open with you. Right. Right? Yeah. And so there is this process of information being given to me that I then can like put together in images or in words but it's never me 
like solving a puzzle where it's like, well, I see this and that could mean this. And like, you know, it's, it's an automatic process when it's allowed. Um, but it's also really hard to turn off and like you get everything that goes with it, at least for me. Um, there's emotions that come into it from like the experiences. There's your interpretation or like what it would be like if you were experiencing it. So a very high level of empathy that happens with it. Um, and all of that is it's fucking exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. So exhausting. And so I, one, don't tell people that very often. Just kind of like laugh to myself when I hear other people say that they're really good at it. Because when someone is really, it's like when you're a really good weightlifter and you go somewhere where they're not and they think that they're top shit and you can watch, you don't have to do it yourself to prove them wrong, but you can watch one set and you're like, no, you're not. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen you, you're not that good. Because I know what good looks like. You can tell when someone thinks that they're good at reading other people, but can't do nearly as much as they think. Or no, doesn't realize that there's this whole world above it. But again, you don't know what you don't know. And to you, like you might be better than other people that are maybe around you in your own personal life. You're mm. thinking like, yeah, I'm hot shit. I can do all this kind of stuff. But mm. like, I was like, I've, I've obviously had a lot of the same kind of ideas and stuff you had, like with being able to read people and kind of pick up on certain things. It's obviously not to that level for me. Like for me, it's more of like, I can just kind of pick up on their energy, mm-hmm. whether they're up or down or sad or mad or whatever. You, I can kind of feel some of those kind of things. And in this, so many, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong a lot, but I'm, I'm right more times than I'm mm-hmm. wrong. And it's interesting. I remember one time specifically, I was texting a friend and like, we were like completely separated. There's, there was no phone conversation, just texting back and forth. And I just, I was like, I just had this feeling. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, you good? <laughs> Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, like I'm really <laughs> struggling with this, 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 and this, and this. And I had no idea. We hadn't talked about it before. And it's not like it's just like a, a blind squirrel, like, oh, everybody's struggling with something. Like, yeah, I understand that. But it's different when they're going through it right at the moment mm-hmm. yeah. than just generally struggling. Because we all struggle with stuff all of our lives, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it was just like I kind of picked up on those kind of little things. But I've never been able to have that kind of experience where you can literally like break someone down, like have, have them let you inside their brains it's scary. and start to like kind of read their own thoughts and feelings. That's interesting. Yeah, and it is definitely draining, um, to your point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I remember watching a video once a long time ago. I think my therapist sent me to it, sent it to me because she knew that I could relate. Um, and it was a, it was talking about a guy who was, uh, an empath. He was very, you know, empathic. And, he, you know, the, it was a cartoon and he was like, um, just drawn in all white. And then he would go to this person. You could see this person had this darkness on him. And he'd go and talk to him, and then that darkness would pass over onto them, and, and it just next thing you know, he's you could just, kind of absorb their energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and to that point, like I've I've had to learn how to not absorb other people's energies because yeah. I was a, a vessel of that, and it would bring me down even more than I normally am. And it was like, man, I got to do something about that because people people will pick up on that too and they know that they can dump on you Mm -hmm. and you'll just take it. So you got to learn how to set limits and boundaries to that because otherwise it will bring you down to your point. Like it is draining like that kid, Tyler Henry, after he gets done doing a reading, like 
the next day he just lays in bed all day yeah like he just you can see like he's just drained Mm -hmm. and i totally get it i totally get it it's definitely draining so pretty interesting good stuff there was a period with it where i just like turned it off Mm -hmm. it's like i'm not doing this yeah um what like it's also it's scary oh yeah oh yeah simultaneously you feel like you are invading someone's privacy with it and you never know if you're right until they tell you so you're the whole time i'm doing it it's just like everything in my gut says like this is accurate and this is true now i might be saying something that isn't like a hundred percent accurate in what i'm saying i'm talking about this where it's like i said uh Let's say there was a traumatic accident that happened. It doesn't mean I'm going to know exactly what the accident was, but you can tell that there was something that was traumatic in an event. So you can't give the details on that part. So I'm not 100% accurate with it, but I am correct that there was like an event that goes with it. People don't want those things known. And you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And so you feel as if you are stealing something from them like without their permission it's something that they're trying to hide from others and that you're trying to like, even go from themselves expose it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you can't not see it mm-hmm. i and just i literally just had it happen the other day at my office so one of the one of my young employees um like he's just he's just not progressing and um i set him down you know, we we were doing reviews, and I sat him down one day and just kind of gave, gave a general review. And then the next night, I don't know, something just kind of hit me, like, I really need to talk to this kid. And I sat him down, and I said, you know, and, and I have this conversation with a lot of people in that the construction world that I live in, in consulting, we do hospital work. And it's probably the most complicated consulting engineering you can do. Essentially, almost, yeah, except for, like, freaking building airplanes and spaceships and shit like that i mean so it's hard in in, in your space in like the actual construction world is definitely the most complicated and i always tell people like i interview people and i actually scared i had a four-year kid come and interview and and i told him i said look you're coming from commercial world into healthcare world this isn't for everybody and it's okay you got to understand what you're getting yourself into if you want to come here. And I actually scared him. He ended up turning yeah, the job down. It's much more complicated. But I'm fine with that. I'd rather him be scared now than come over and go, oh, shit, I'm in over my head. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I had that conversation with, with, this, with my employee. And um, he goes, yeah, I've been kind of contemplating whether this is really what I want to do or not. And he goes, is it obvious? And I go, no, it's not obvious. It's not. I said, I just. Most people would never even think about it. But again, because you're yeah. open to the idea, yeah. different things yeah. hit you than the people right. that you work with. And I, to- and I told him, I said, look, I'm going to tell you this as a friend, not as your boss right now. It's okay if this isn't for you. You have to make that decision for yourself. And then I said, but as your boss. You have to make that decision for yourself soon because you're falling behind and you may not have a you may not have a job. And I said I'm not trying to say that to to put fear in you, but you have to make a decision. And you have to make a decision I'm going to commit to it or I'm not. And I said, "Look, this is a conversation between us and I said I pick up on things that most people don't. And that's why I felt like I needed to talk to you about it." And it literally he was just like 
wow, thanks. He was like, really, thanks. He goes, I really appreciate the conversation because I've really been struggling but it with probably, that in my head. But it probably almost opens up the the dialogue in his own head yes. that he was struggling with that he may or may not have realized yes. all of what he was going through. Exactly. So now it, it gives him focus of like, okay, I have to decide, is this the direction that I want to go yes. or do I want to do something different? It allows him now yeah. to go out and kind of make his own decision, which obviously if if you use your powers for good, you know, it can do good things. Yeah. But if, if you use it to manipulate other people, yep. obviously there are people out there like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's interesting that it literally mm. just happened this week. So, Very interesting. It can definitely be therapeutic. For sure. It can really help with that. My My therapist tells me all the time, and I talk about my therapist because, like, I think, I feel like I'm semi-normal somewhat put together and if i can talk about that i go talk to a therapist once a week then mm-hmm. it might help somebody else say you know what if he does it i can do it because i really need to go talk to somebody i think most people have that stigma of course you know about therapy that it's it's only for crazy people and they're mm-hmm. normal and they don't need it or whatever yeah. and like there are times in your life where you need it and yeah and for me it's just a matter of so number one she she has taught me different skills on how to handle certain things that I've never been taught before, and frankly, I don't think very few people have been taught before, number one. But the the point I was going to make was, she tells me this all the time. She's like, you know, being an empath is your is your strength, not your weakness. She goes, that's your superpower. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not always feel like a superpower. <laughs> but that's what I told her. I'm like, okay, I get it, but man, sometimes it'd be nice not to have it. She's like, I understand. Yes, but as we've also discussed before, ignorance is not bliss. Like yes. ignorance will hurt you. Yeah, well, not knowing things is a very dangerous thing. For sure. Having information is a good thing. Well, and I also I'm also a big believer in that if you don't follow your authentic life that you're supposed to follow, your life becomes very painful. Please elaborate on that. Um so like if you know like for me, like there's certain things like I know that I I like when I was going through my spiritual awakening, um, I knew I had to go down a path that was very unpopular in my in my circle of, of people that are in my life because I was rejecting um, the norm and pretty much all the things that they all believed. Yes, you were going to reject that to go down a different path because you felt like you needed to explore your own true feelings. Yes, exactly, and. To do that, it's really hard to walk that path by yourself. But the more I tried to resist it, the more it hurt to not do it. Mm-hmm. So then once I started doing it, it started feeling more natural and, and it helped alleviate that pain in my life, honestly. And it helped me become more of an authentic person. So I felt like I was leading my true life at that point. So. I didn't learn the word empath until I was, I think, a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. One of my friends asked me, like, are you an empath? I was like, what's that? They're like, I'm not telling you. Go look it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good friend. Yeah. Um, and I'm sitting there reading it, and it was one of those, like, light bulb moments in life. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. There's an explanation for it. Not an explanation. There's all this information yeah. about this. And it comes in different shapes and sizes and varieties. Um, you learn out or you learn 
that, yeah, there are people who can use it to be incredibly manipulative, and there are mm-hmm. people who can use it to be very therapeutic. Um, different intensities on what people, how much people can experience and what they can glean from it. Yeah. Um, but then also just how it manifests, where you know, my family, the I think the uh, psychologically acceptable term is highly sensitive person. As opposed to empath. Nobody cares what the socially acceptable <laughs> thing is. Call it what it is. I don't care if it offends someone. If they're offended by that, fucking grow up. But my my family is, we're all very uh, empathic in that way. And there was a point where like I, I, like I stopped talking about it within my family context and like within my friends. Because you felt like you were rejected or? No. Um... I think that my family is very empathic. And I think that I experience it on a different level and to in a different way than they do. And I didn't know how to have the conversation with them. So I decided not to have it. That's fair, because in all honesty... A lot of people don't think about things that are outside of their own thoughts and beliefs, right? So if yours is different, like having a conversation with them sometimes is a waste of time because they're not going to believe you or understand what it is in the first place. Yeah. Well, I think this goes back to the first time we all met, you know, you're apprehensive about having some of those conversations because, (laughs) and, and I understand that because like. You know, like the things that the things that I know and the things that I believe in, I don't talk to just anybody about because, mm. like, most people look at you like you're fucking nuts, you know. And I somewhat am, but that's a whole, that's that's completely <laughs> beside the point. But, but, that, but that's only in their perspective, of course. See, I see you as brave. I don't see you as nuts, right? Because that, that's one of the great things of like I love our conversations, you and I, Todd, because right. I know that I can bring up anything, and right. no matter what I bring up, you will not judge me. Right. You'll just sit back and be like, huh. I never thought of it that way. Or I used to think that way and this is what I came up with and it's like, oh shit, I never thought of that. No, I need to think about that in my my context as right. well. So it, it's one of the reasons why I was so excited when you said you were in today because I, I know that you've kind of had some things going on didn't know if you were going to make it. Sure. And it was like, like, this is great. Like, I'm so glad he's coming because I know that anything I say is going to be mm-hmm. well received by you right. because we've had these kind of conversations right. before, which is fun. Yeah. There was um there was another video that I'll have to share with you after afterwards, Dane. Um, so she had sent me a video on there's a the difference between sympathy and empathy, and most people mm-hmm. don't understand the difference between. I the two. really struggled with that through my twenties. There is a tremendous video she sent she sent me that I, I I send to everybody, and it really explains it well. And and basically the difference, just real quick, the difference between sympathy and empathy is empathy is like you know you have um, a person that comes to you with a problem. An empathic person is like, wow, that's that's terrible. You know, I, I can't even imagine what you're going through, but thanks for sharing. I'm, I just want to be here for you. A symp- sympathetic person is, wow, I mean, at least at least you don't at least you don't have this. At least you got this, you know, and they try to justify. They're trying to make them feel better in some way, but really what they're they're doing is they're trying to put a, a silver lining around a cloud. You know, and instead of just letting them talk and feel, mm-hmm. they're trying to say, 
yeah, I mean, yeah, that's bad, but it could be a lot worse in your life, you know, that kind of thing. They're trying to, so that's the difference between some, and she has a video that's just fantastic. It explains it so perfectly. Because I've always understood it as the way of, in my mind, is like when you have sympathy for someone, you can understand where it is that they're coming from. But if you have empathy for them, you can actually feel those feelings along with them and help mm-hmm. them grow through it. Yeah, to a degree. But like this one, it it doesn't even give sympathy that much credit. It gives it's, it's more. It's, it's really it's more of like you're just being a douchebag. Yeah, well, no, it's it's not so much like they they, they, they think they they're, think they're trying to help. They yes. think they're trying to help, mm-hmm. but they're really they're trying to you know they're trying to um, justify know, put, their own mind. They're trying like, to put lipstick on a pig. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so that's all. So I'll share it with you guys afterwards. <laughs> but it's 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 really well done, and it's there's it's a it's a animated, and there's a fo- the fox is the person who has a po- the problem, then there's the bear, who is the empathic person, then there's the antelope who is the sympathetic person. So a lot of times, you know, when when she and I are talking, I'm like, yes, I need to be more of a bear, you know, or I'll hear I'll hear myself say something. Like I said something to my wife last night, either last night or this morning. I was like, you know what? Scratch that. I'm being an antelope right now. Like she didn't understand exactly the reference. Yeah. yeah. She did, but she didn't. But I was like, wow, that was very antelope of me to say that. And so like <laughs> I recognize it and I stopped myself immediately. I was like, thank you for sharing that information with me, what you just shared. So, you know, it, it really helps me a lot. So, and a lot of things that, that she is has shared with me is like unhelpful, unhelpful thinking patterns. Like, um, you know, things like, um, um, black and white thinking and, um, shoulds and musts. Like, well, I really should do this. Oh yeah. If you hear that, like I hear that in my head now, like when I go, I really should do this. I'm like, what did I just say to myself? Well, let's break that down. I say should all the time. What's what's so yeah. wrong about that? I love word selection. So like the grin on Todd's face right now. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I'm about to light you up." Bitch. No, no, no. So, so basically, what you're saying when you say, "Well, I really should do this," you're saying, "I don't really want to do it, but I feel like obligated to do it." And there's an automatic attachment of judgment to yeah. it, like to yourself and to the activity. Okay, so how should you be thinking? otherwise well so in it's sometimes it's okay to do that and to follow through with it but sometimes you have to listen to yourself and be authentic in what you're doing and say you know what um i'm not going to because i don't want to and this is the reason why and then be genuine with yourself and be true to yourself stop lying to yourself. stop lying to yourself yeah yeah like there was one time God, this was a couple of years ago when I started learning all this shit. Like there was, uh, there was one podcast I think you wanted me to come to, and I was like, oh, I really should do that. I'm like, I'm sorry, what did what did you just say to yourself? I was like, shit, I I can't. Yeah, and when I magic goes on your head, is like, hey, Matt's invited me over here. This is gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'd love to go spend time with him and, and yeah. put out some great thoughts for everybody else to listen to. And of course. Instead, you're like, yeah, I should do that. Oh fuck, that means I don't want to. God yeah, damn it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's you know, so like it was just. So there, there's just this shift in, in, in um, not that you don't always, not that you don't um, do certain things, you know, like for me, like I had a very uh, loud um, 
negative self-talk. I, I talk myself down all the time and I couldn't accept compliments because to me, like I needed to stay humble and I needed humility. And if somebody complimented me, that would feed into my ego. I mean, this was my thought process yeah. that would feed into my ego. And then therefore I'm going to become an asshole. So Jeez, anytime cut it out at the beginning, like, like even give yourself a chance to be an asshole. That's exactly right. So I'm like, Oh, okay. They're complimenting. They're, they must want something. And I would dismiss it in my head because like, I got to make sure I stay grounded. It's only been probably in the last year or so that I've silenced that voice for the most part. And I'm, and I'm able to accept those, those moments recognize them for what they are and appreciate them and still stay still keep a level of humility that is what i desire yeah so, because it's a real problem if you cannot accept a genuine compliment mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. it's it a is. real problem absolutely absolutely so you know um that's why i said like i've i've learned so much in in these years and in, in talking with her and um just all those things like you know, black and white thinking. And what's funny is when she first give, gave me this um, spreadsheet to work on, you know, she said, well, go through and mark all these things that you think that you do. And then mark all these things that you think that your spouse does. And I'm like, oh yeah, Tina's does and Tina's. And I was like, I don't do it. And then as time went on, I realized like, I do every single one of these fucking things, making mountains out of molehills, black and white <laughs> thinking, you know, like all these things, like the they're just unhelpful thinking patterns. There's a reason that there are constant struggles and yes. you're always working Absolutely. on them because, again, we're all humans. Like, it all boils down to the fact that this is the human condition and yep. we're always fighting it. You should always be striving to be better about mm -hmm. that. Yep. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. It's really interesting stuff. So, um, that was one of the things I worked on uh, quite a bit with the counselor is, like, word selection because of what could be associated with it. So like you said, like it's not always that you shouldn't use the word should yes. with it. It's that you need to be Is able, the context behind it? Right. You need to be able to stop and say, Am I using that because there's this other reason that I'm not paying attention to? Or am I inducing something like a mindset because I'm using the word? Um and then making sure that you're using it only uh when it's appropriate, when it's actually you're necessary like when people say oh i'm starving no you're not you're hungry you're i mean it's a small but even exaggeration then, are they even really hungry or are they See? just used to eating and they bored so things like that where we put this layer of exaggeration on top of words um or if someone says oh i hate that no you don't you don't like it it annoys you maybe or right it frustrates you um it takes up your time. And then you can ask the question, well, why is it, why does it frustrate me? Or better yet, and with the phrasing of it, why do I allow it to affect me that way? Why do I allow it to frustrate me? Because it doesn't That sounds like a healthy me. question. <laughs> right? It doesn't frustrate me. I allow myself to be frustrated mm -hmm. when exposed to it. Um, like the whole Stoic philosophy, like we have no control over others' actions, only our own, only our reaction to them. Yep. The Stoicism comes up again. I've been, 
looking into that a lot recently. Mm-hmm. And I've had I've had a couple of friends who are kind of studying it. And I was like, dude, like come on the podcast, like let's talk about this. Yeah. I'd love to learn mm-hmm. more. Yeah. The more that I look into it, I mean, mostly right now, like I'm not really reading so much. I'm more like more of an auditory learner, so I'm yeah. more listening to videos or podcasts mm-hmm. or stuff like that. So I've, I'm kind of looking into some of the stoicism. So it's interesting that you bring it up because that's been a big part of my brain over the last. You know, six, eight months as I've been trying to fight myself out of this depression that I've been in for the last couple of years. What's the so same that's thing? interesting. Like if, if somebody comes to you and say, well, you really made me mad. I can't make you be yeah. anything. Well, what's, what's mm-hmm. that? What's you that old... chose to be mad over something that I did. And that's fair. And what's that old saying? Like what happens if somebody spits on you? What does it make you? Oh, it makes me mad. Like, no, it makes you wet. Yeah. You get to choose <laughs> how you, you know, exactly. like yeah. react to that. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um. Like when you talk about making mountains out of molehills, mm-hmm. mountains out of molehills. Um, what's the one? Is this condition which you so feared as bad as you anticipated? Is one of the yep. meditations? Uh, I'm miss. I'm not saying that correctly, but you get the idea. Yeah. So, if you were to artificially create a scenario that you are afraid of, and so the one example, um, Tim Ferriss talked about this all the time from the meditations of marcus aurelius where i think it was like two days out of the month he would eat the cheapest of food and dress in the scant poorest of clothing whatever it is because he was terrified of living on the street so he would create that scenario go through it and realize oh it's not nearly i can survive doing this why do i make this such a major thing in my life so if there's this huge thing which i'm afraid of and turns out it's really not that big a deal I can survive. Well, then all these other little things definitely aren't that big a deal. Mm-hmm. It really puts into perspective the things that we give so much time and energy to and say that they are worth our stress and anxiety and concern. They're really not. Yeah. I mean, in the big picture of things, they don't mean a fucking thing. Yeah. They really don't. If this whole thing with like, Russia and Ukraine, and all of a sudden we just start dropping nukes. I don't give a shit about taxes. No, I don't. And and let's let's wa- be real honest. If the nukes start flying, I hope one hits like right outside my fucking front door. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to fucking survive through that shit if it's going to hit New York, and then we've got nuclear winter and mm-hmm. fallout. Nothing grows, and we all slowly die over the next couple of years. Like, nah, I mean, just take me out in the in the Big Bang. I'm good. Know, we put so much energy into things like who's going to go to the Super Bowl or. I could personally care less, but yeah. Um, And yet, if that were going to be the conversation of whether or not we have to worry about nuclear winter, nobody cares. Yeah, those things don't matter, and yet we give them so much control over how we feel on a day to day basis and how much time we give to them. And it's not to discredit it. I literally had a friend who loved football, and that's all he did. That, That time of year, he was glued in front of the TV on Saturdays watching college, and on Sundays watching pro. And that, that's that's what he did. And he was up or down, depending on if his team won or yeah. not. I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, I get, under, I understand. Like, I love entertainment. Like, I, I was watching 
I love watching movies and TV shows and stuff like that. I don't really watch like sports so much. I'd rather go outside and play. Like we were talking before about playing some golf. Yeah. It's like I want to go out and play some golf again. And it's like I'd rather go do that than watch any kind of sport. Like I, I'd much rather go play with my friends and have a good time than, mm-hmm. than watch anything on TV. But I get some people use that to escape and get that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas I get that from movies or YouTube videos or whatever. I understand. It's just entertainment. Like we all need to shut our brains off from time to time. Like we can't think about this kind of shit all the time. It's way too taxing. You know, but it's like, I don't understand the idea of living through other people's achievements and victories. Like, oh, yeah, be excited if they win. That's great. Like, be a little bummed they lost. I get it. But mm-hmm. don't let it really affect your life. I, that seems ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. Unless your entire, and even this, like, unless your entire living and income were based off of that game. Like, let's say that you were putting money on it. It doesn't affect you. It literally has no impact on your life, yeah, zero whatsoever. As a instead of or um, outside of the conversation that you're going to have the next day when you talk to your buddy about if they watched the game and what they thought. That's it. And again, like, that's not to downplay people's interest in entertainment. Like I love going to movies. I like watching TV shows. You know, I escape into that. But at the end of the day, I also have enough perspective to realize that that is not well, how I define my life. Yeah, it's not real life. And it's just an escape from person, your real life. Right. Um, when you were uh, talking about uh, the empathy aspect and uh, sharing information and how like you're open about talking about your counselor, like I don't have that conversation with people. I can probably count on one hand how many times I've talked to people about being able to read one mm-hmm. someone else. Um, and I think that that's a disservice because related to what you said before about like, I think everybody has this certain level to be a medium. I think everybody, well, outside of like sociopaths who are like, I mean, they're truly lacking chemicals in their brain right. to be empathetic to others. So outside I mean, like, of but that's like what? Less than 1% of the population? Yeah, less than there's 2%? that one to 2% abnormality again. Yeah, of course. But th- there's always going to be outliers. Right. But real sociopaths are a very small percentage. Right. So, if everyone has like some innate ability, in, uh, innate. innate, thank you, <laughs> ability to do it, but we're not talking about what that is, I think empathy can be incredibly confusing, especially if you have uh, any level of talent for it, because you then don't know what's yours and what's someone else's. And if no one ever explains to you that, well, I could be feeling what you're feeling. And I don't have to keep it. I don't have to call it my own. I don't have to act on it. Well, then you just have it in you. And it stays there. Like you said, like the darkness that crawls onto the character mm-hmm. in the video. And you just carry it around with you until something better happens. Um, yeah, I had a, some other thought that went with that one. I got kind of lost in it. Anyway, yeah, it can be really confusing. There was a connection, and I don't know. Take, take your time. Think about it. It's all right. We got time. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got as long as we want to go. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> what were we saying? It was stoicism? It was more about that should versus. Shoulds and must. Shoulds and must. Mountain, mountains and mountains. Oh, there, thank you. So um, when you're creating these sentences in your head, and we're using certain words. Um, one of the things that I worked on with my counselor was this thing, um, inner family systems, as it IFS? Internal family systems. 
this idea that as we go through life and we encounter things that have strong emotional impact on us, whether it's good or bad, we create, for lack of a better word, like a personality that goes with that. That is an aspect of us, but it's situ suited for that situation. So if you, uh, like when I was nine, I got attacked by a dog. Uh, you could say that like there was a strong emotional reaction, scared shitless, and that it wouldn't be surprising if in the future, if I saw a dog like that, a voice inside me would be like, get away from him, get away from him, like yeah. run. And that one makes sense because like you have a traumatic experience, but we do it for all kinds of things. And then that voice has these certain phrases that it will say to us in situations that uh, like the word should. Where if we don't stop and question it, we don't. We might not realize where it's coming from, and so the internal family system is this idea of asking, like, where is this coming from? Like, what was the reasoning behind? And usually, it always comes down to fear. Like, you were afraid of something, and it was kind of like peeling that away layer by layer to figure out, like, why am I saying what I'm saying? Why do I feel like that is what needs to be said? What am I afraid of, basically? Um, and I think that included in all of that are these other empathetic remnants that uh, if you were incredibly angry right now and I'm trying to explain to you what this is and I take on your anger, I now have to be able to try to peel back those layers of the onion while dealing with the emotion that I'm experiencing from you and not knowing is it mine, is it yours? How do I separate those two? So I could be thinking that like all of these layers are making me incredibly angry. Well, why is that? No, that's confusing as fuck. You have too many filters on it. But if someone explains to you, like you said, like if you're open to the idea of you know telling people like you go to counseling, I talk to this person for mental health, not because I'm crazy, just because it's healthy. Does that open up the door to having conversations of? reframing how we're thinking and therefore doing a better job of being more aware of ourselves internally and have that turn around to just overall better mental health. There, that was the thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was good. Thoughts on that, Todd? Um, no, I think he's right. You know, the other thing that, that you know, that I, I pick up on, um, how many times have you had a conversation with somebody and they go, well, you always do this. Well, you never do this. It's the same thing, and that's black and white thinking. You know, there's no such thing as always, always never. and never. Yeah. You know, it's the same type of thing. Like, there's always some some variety of it, it on some level. But, you know, and once you break that person down and really have a conversation with them, it's, it's like, well, okay, once in every 27 uh, events, that happens. Oh, okay. A little bit different than always, isn't it? Yeah. You know? It's a little different than your per perception of what's really yeah. going on, yeah. of what the actual truth is. Yeah. I mean, I get it all the time. I go out to a hospital and I talk to a facilities guy and they're like, well, nothing works. Really? Nothing works. Nothing at all? Nothing at all. Well, okay, this doesn't work. Okay. That's a little different than nothing works. <laughs> you know? So. Um, yeah. Your negative thinking doesn't mean that it's really true. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> but it, it's... Being aware of it, um, once you become aware of all those all those um, thinking patterns, it is amazing how 
you can pick up on them not just in your own life but in everybody around you you hear i i hear it all the time and i i just said all but i do hear it all the time i literally hear it all the time now and and it's fine you know it helps me recognize what's going on around me and it helps me process things uh, mm-hmm. a little bit differently so that's fair yeah. i'll I, tell you i'll tell you what thought uh yeah go ahead okay i it comes back kind of what you were saying before i made a note of it wanted to talk about it and just worked out really well where you said like um like manifesting your life where if you have these like certain thoughts that you like you're thinking like i really want this to happen i really want this to happen uh and people talk about that where like you need to envision the life you want to have and it'll come to you kind of thing i I don't think it's that easy it's definitely not that fucking easy Right. But I do think that there is something to it where if you have like certain thoughts you're just like constantly ruminating on that they have this ability to one way or another end up manifesting in your life. Maybe that's as like health, uh, good or bad, um, the relationships that are around you, the things that you then notice. Like you say, I really want to advance in my career. I want to advance in my career. Well, you can make a simple argument for it and say, all right, you're just going to be uh, more aware of job opportunities. So when something comes up, like you'll be that much more uh, prepared to jump at it. Okay. Uh, someone else might look at that on the other end of the spectrum and say that because you thought it, that opportunity was created in general. And it could be anywhere in between. But if we aren't paying attention to those inner sentences, those inner voices, the inner thoughts... Um, if we're not being aware of those things, are we then manifesting things kind of like erratically and also unintentionally? Where if our thoughts become the thing, the reality that we live in, and our thoughts belong to essentially someone else because they were either given to us in what we grew up and grew up with, um, or you know, empathetically, we don't aren't able to distinguish ours from theirs does that start to create a manifestation of something that we never intended? And then we get trapped in it because we don't realize that we're doing this to ourselves. There's probably a lot of that, you know, but I, I don't believe in you just thinking about things and it manifests all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I don't believe in that. Cause like you got to go out and earn stuff and work for it mm-hmm. and bring it on to yourself. You know, yeah. like the, the idea of like the, the secret or whatever that bullshit is like, Oh, just, like will it into existence and think about it and like really focus your mind then it'll yeah. happen like no like you gotta work for shit you gotta earn it like you gotta put in the sweat mm-hmm. equity you, you can't just like you say i want to pursue a different career or I want, like maybe this this kid at, at, at your office is like you know what i am going to focus on this he's not just gonna be like okay well i'm going to think about it positively and it's going to happen like no it's going to be a lot of hard yeah. work you just have to dig in ask questions really understand things and and like earn those kind of things in his life it's not just going to happen automatically yeah i mean like for me i mean as a prime example like i i've had this vision in my head for i don't know a few years now where like i i wanted to have a house on a lake but not on the lake across you know kind of in the woods so i had this vision in my head of this house and my view was through through trees over top of like a pavilion on to the lake and i literally the house that we my wife and i just built a house in lake mohawk and that's literally the the picture the the view that we have of the lake 
is through the woods <clears throat> over top of a pavilion at uh, at a beach um, onto the lake. Like, I literally manifested it to happen. But, obviously, it was hard work to get there. Yeah, and you've mm-hmm. worked your entire life yes. to get to that point. Exactly. It wasn't like you just thought about it one day and it happened. Exactly. That shit don't work. No. But, agreed. if you hadn't had that vision, you wouldn't have made it come true either. Because you wouldn't have exactly. found that property being like, this is it. Yes. This is the spot. Right. Mm-hmm. I want this. Yes, exactly. So it's exactly. different. Yeah, exactly. So, All right. Stuff. I'll tell you what. We've been talking for quite a while, and I really, really enjoyed this conversation. This is a lot of fun. It's mentally taxing, but damn it, this is a good time. <laughs> so thank you, Boyos, for coming over and doing this one. This was this was great. I'm so burnt out of the pandemic and the negativity and the bullshit and the news and all that shit's been going on the last couple of years. So having a topic like this is great. So thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Todd, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, no, not really. I, I like to iterate the same thing. I mean, I enjoyed the conversation and Dane, it's been a pleasure um, talking with you the last couple of times and, um, you know, I think you're really insightful and, and, uh, it's interesting to, to listen to because, um, I don't meet a lot of people in my life who can, who can talk about those things the way that you do. And, and I appreciate it. So, um, anytime I find somebody like that, like I, I grab onto that because I think it's awesome. Thank you. Yep. Dane, closing thoughts. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, similar to what Todd was saying, it's like I don't get to talk about these things. I don't feel comfortable talking about these things very often. Um, and I'm just really grateful that, I mean, especially after last time, I think that was kind of like a big icebreaker for me, just like having. I mean, because you and I had kind of talked about right. that. It's like you and I have great conversations when we have a chance to sit mm-hmm. down and talk. And you had specifically mentioned you hadn't had a chance right. to have that kind of conversation because most people that you know are a little bit closed-minded mm-hmm. and it's not a safe place to be able to bring up some of these crazy thoughts and ideas. Right. And I said, hold your beer because <laughs> I know a couple of guys and we sat down and we had what I thought was a great conversation. Some of the listeners thought was one of our best podcasts ever. And I, I have to kind of agree. Like it was a great conversation, mm-hmm. but I love the fact that you know, like people weren't just trying to get out their own perspective. Like, no, you need to think about it this way. Yeah. It was just an, it's just a, a place where we could dump out ideas and think about things and, and bounce off of each other and have a great time. Mm-hmm. So like, definitely, I think we need to do more of this for sure. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. So, so that's kind of my closing thought is I think we definitely need to sit down more and have whatever conversation. I mean, sometimes I, I sit down and we're like, we're talking with friends like, Hey, what do you want to talk about this time? We need to do another podcast together. It's because, mostly it's our time to hang out like when's the last time you guys sat down and had a two-hour conversation with your friends uninterrupted no phones no nobody nagging at you talking it's like it doesn't normally happen so for me it's like it's it's kind of my time to hang out it's like let's get together and hang out what do you want to talk about i don't know we'll start with this and see where it goes and we're thinking like i got nothing to say and then boom like two hours later we're we're yipping and yapping like okay guys we'll stop like it's been been long enough we gotta stop here (laughs) let's talk about the other part next time or let's get ideas and sketch them out it's it's kind of fun nonetheless i I think the caffeine's kicking in now i'm getting all excited (laughs) (laughs) all right well boyos thank you so much i greatly appreciate it absolutely and uh, we will see you guys next time
right, well, that wraps up another great episode. I definitely really enjoyed that one, and hopefully you guys did as well. Uh, I definitely want to do some more of these in the future. It's always good to sit down with these boyos and have these kind of conversations. I I need to get away from a lot of the negativity and the bullshit that has been on the news and the pandemic and all that kind of stuff for the last couple of years. I'm just, I'm burnt out. So, got to do more stuff like this because this was invigorating. This was fun. And I've been looking forward to this for a while. If you guys are still listening, thank you so much for all of your support. Uh, the biggest thing we can do right now to support the show is go out and leave it a five star review and also share it with your friends. That's the biggest and best thing you can do to help us out. And if you guys have any topics that you want us to cover, please feel free to get a hold of us. You can go to uncensoredhumanity.com and fill out the contact us form, or you can send us an email at uncensoredhumanitypodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And we will look forward to hearing from you in the future. And then hopefully we can get back to you with any questions or comments that you might have. That is all we have time for this week. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.